0: I've found myself sometimes to be in the habit of thanking a few people before I begin. And I need to remember that after I do that, I need to pray as well. But uh, sometimes my my organisation leaves a lot to be desired. I was, um, I'm very thankful that I can uh, come before you this this morning to help the, Passes out that lights very bright. What's it doing? (laughs) But uh, in doing so, of course, I double booked myself and uh, During the time that my dad was sick and I'm gonna name him and I'm gonna embarrass him brother Ryan Was so gracious in swapping for me. Of course now I was double booked I was meant to be on the door. So I had to send out the SOS email Once again, very embarrassed, and even as as I was typing it, I was actually saying to myself, Ryan, don't respond. Please, Ryan, just anyone but Ryan, and you you know what happened. So, brother, even though the door perhaps is not as prominent a position as here, I'd like to thank you this morning. Ryan Shea, members, please remember that name in February when you're voting for Deacons next year, because he's a uh, very gracious brother. And once again, for this opportunity, I'm very, uh, very thankful. Uh, As a member of the Condal Park's Preaching B team, I'm happy to step up, but I'm just a member of the B team. So you'll be nice to me this morning, right? I think I deserve your sympathy. I'm an Optus customer. (laughs) I spent most of the weekend trying to access my emails and watching that little red bar slowly crawl across the screen and stop two millimetres short for about five minutes. If I'm, uh, if I'm hoarse, I must, might have spent some time screaming at my laptop. But anyway, I'm so grateful that we're looking at an infallible word and uh, we are looking, of course, at the present day and uh, as a dear pastor of mine once said, the Bible is more up to date in that regard than, uh, than tomorrow's newspaper. So we have a lot to consider this morning, but we need God's help, both myself and you. So please join with me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I simply ask that you bless your word. We thank you that it speaks. Thank you that it is so accurate regarding the past. It has been proven time again. Thank you, Lord, that it is the uh, thing to turn to, the book to turn to, to even flee to in modern times. And uh, thank you, Lord, that it perfectly and faithfully describes our future also. We pray as the sermon is along uh, these lines, please open the eyes of faith this morning. Even though this isn't strictly a gospel message for anyone here physically or online, please speak to them and please speak to your children. We acknowledge our need even this morning. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So... As a proud member of Condal Park's uh, B team, I've done something very cheeky from the get-go and stolen past fishers idea. I haven't labelled it big idea, but you, you get the idea about it. In days of darkness and big trouble, there still remains much for us to do. We look at the headlines and it seems as though the headlines are never good. There's very seldom any good news, but these are dark days. The condition of things around the world do make us very very sad I know I'd never try and diminish these things that is very very interesting that in these times of testing we hear many voices within Christendom they're very loud and very shrill and some of them are very fearful and some of them are very even very very angry and I think it is important for a couple of reasons, to think of, well, what should our response be? Very, very early on in a, in a college course, something that really impacted upon me is that in a certain language, well, I can say in a Chinese language, but that doesn't really narrow it down. But in a certain language, the word crisis, the symbol or the word for crisis, if, if you like, is made out of two other words. The word for danger and the word for opportunity. And let's just think about that. We can look at the, the way that things are going on even now and say, well, there's a lot of danger there, yes. But there's also opportunity for us. In days of darkness and in big trouble, there still remains much for us to do. And while being respectful of the time, I'd like to go through 2 Peter chapter 3. And first of all, we do see stirring up mindfulness, verses 1 to 7. In the first verse, Peter writes, and he says, The second epistle, beloved, uh, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. It all begins with the mind. It all begins with our mindfulness or mindfulness set if you like now i don't watch a lot of television i'd never sit stand up here and endorse a program and i don't even remember what show it was it was many many years ago i was probably visiting my parents or something like that i don't watch much tv but it it was your standard american cop show where the bad guy was caught and he was uh some kind of tech head i don't know whether he had Porn, or whether he was spreading viruses but as they were removing his their his hard drive what he didn't they didn't know is that he had large industrial magnets near his door now i'm not a tech head but apparently according to the show those hard drives were rendered useless that in the act of removing them they also destroyed all the evidence and sometimes i was very convinced after 30 years or so of youth ministry, that there was something very, very mysterious about that green exit sign at the back of the church. I can see it there. I'm looking there. But while people, while the clubbers are, are there, and yes, some of them are challenging, but so, but some of them could be very, very respectful. One of our speakers uh, broke down in prayer once for about a minute, and they just sat there and prayed. But Sometimes you also felt as though you're preaching out your heart to them. And yes, they listened and they were respectful. But once they got past that green exit sign, the only priorities was who got the handball? Who has the handball? And that's it. It seemed as though as much as you could stand up here and wave your arms until you actually physically fall over, a lot of your words were forgotten by the time they got down the back. And the fact is, in times like this, we need to be conscious of what we are mindful of. We've already been admonished this morning by James of not being just hearers of the word, because you're all hearers to one extent or the other. you all hear be, being very nice, very polite, very quiet. But really, to use an expression where the rubber hits the road is, whether we're doers of the word and that all comes through our mindset and there's three things in verses one to seven that Peter stirs up in the minds of the readers and first of all is regarding the word very quickly in verse two that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us the apostles of the lord and saviour we can read that and not necessarily be shocked or even surprised or intrigued by anything there. But at the time, perhaps these readers were intrigued because what Peter was doing was putting the apostles, he mentions himself, he mentions Paul in this passage, on the same spiritual plane, if you will, as the prophets. And the, and the commandments, the writings of the apostles he actually equates them with the writings of the prophets of old. And that equates with what we now believe to be true. And what we read in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. At least that's what we say that we believe. It does say in God's word that if we are students of the word that we will be thoroughly furnished under every good work. But once again, the real proof of whether you believe that or not is your attitude towards the word of God on a daily basis and what you are mindful of. I can't see your mind, but can I ask, is it a mind of concern? Is it a mind of fear? Is it a mind of anger? Because really what we should be mindful of is the word of God. And we need to mind, be mindful regarding the world and let me qualify this i'm not condoning worldliness but we do see in verse three knowing this verse that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation i know that there's a lot of young people here or let me qualify that by saying a lot of people that are a lot younger than me but these days it's not very hard and perhaps because when you are younger public opinion and the opinion of your peers is so much more important let me prepare you if you haven't been mocked for your faith out there in the world then you will be uh if you could please play play for a catholic man named matthew at my work i got him a bible but he found calling on the Lord for salvation to be silly. He mocked me for that because he was taught in in his church that you could earn salvation. But you are going to be mocked. But even in that you can rejoice because here it is in Scripture, it's prophesied. As we are indeed in the last days, as the Lord's coming is imminent, these mockers that think they're altogether smart who have consciously discounted their truth and turned them back on the truth the irony is that they are fulfillment of god's infallible word themselves the word that they hate the word that they consider to be foolish and rather than be discouraged we should be encouraged by this the lord is coming and we know that it is our responsibility as faithful soldiers of the lord jesus christ to suffer hardness for his sake. Can I shock you and say that in Acts you read of those followers who were tortured and beaten and they walked away rejoicing because they are considered worthy by Christ to suffer for his name. Don't be discouraged by the world. Be mindful regarding the world that the state of the world is entirely according to prophecy and therefore God is still on the throne. And he is altogether in control, and his word is altogether faithful. Regarding the water, and we see in verse 5 to verse 7 the description of the time of Noah, and I want to put some focus on that because I love Genesis. I can't tell you how much I love Genesis simply because I was in the world. My fourth year of tertiary education was... A nightmare because that's when the social engineer we were about to go and teach and the social engineers moved in and it seems that every day that I attended university I was in this moral dilemma and nothing made sense so when it was actually Pastor Chris invited me to Bible College I just see saw that word college and said no <laughs> no, I know what colleges are like you'll have to drag me there which he didn't but when i was there my first teacher was pastor matthews he talked about the flood he talked about the historical evidence and it all made sense it's hard for me to stand here and describe to you the way that my soul just jumped up and down in excitement to see that this was what a true kind should be like and we have been faithfully expounded the word of god to us yes it is historical it is literal But more than that, it should inspire us and motivate us as far as our lifestyle is concerned. We have two choices here. We can just take, well, we have more than two choices. We can take a skeptical approach to the fact that judgment did occur, and I trust that there's no one here that is doing that, or simply a merely academic and the fact that we acknowledge it to be true, we acknowledge it to make sense, We acknowledge that, yes, this is why there are marine fossils in Central Australia, but it has absolutely no impact whatsoever on the way that we live our lives. And certainly we have not so learned Christ in that regard. Judgment has been. Judgment is coming. Are you mindful of this? on a daily basis. Does this affect your lifestyle, one iota? Because the word, according to the word of God, it certainly should. Living knowledgeably during this delay. I did political science at uni, I learned about uh, boo words and yay words. In other words, if anyone that was running for public office stood up and said tax cuts, that was automatically more votes. Everybody said yay to that. And there's also boo words like more taxes, etc., etc. Uh, pet- uh, petrol excise, etc. You get the idea. And delay for us is a boo word. Perhaps even when we're mentioning the delay that's discussed in verse 8 and 9, you can imagine yourself on that train platform. There you are with your leather satchel and your laptop. You've got so much to do. And then that infernal PA goes, attention, platform number one, there's a delay. And you're instantly upset. And there are some Christians that I've met that find the, well, from time to time, perhaps all of us find the silences of God very, very difficult to deal with. There's been so many people that have done so many, so much damage by putting a date on the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and yet we are still here. And that is a weakness of us. It seems as though that there's always been a difference of opinion between the church of God and God himself and the fact that sometimes in our arrogance and sinful pride we turn, turn towards heaven to God and we go like this. Because when we pray for something, we want it yesterday. We find delays so hard to cope with. But I'd like to try and flip that perception on the head if I could. Because really, the fact that we are still waiting for the coming shows the great strengths of God. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that the Lord is with. That one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day Our God is eternal. Our God uh, transcends time. Our God is not so pathetically limited as we are. And in verse 9 we read that God has not forgotten any of his promises. And why are we still here? Why are we still waiting? Well, he is long-suffering to usward, to all of us. All of us benefit on a daily basis from the long suffering of God. And if you lose sight of that, or if you think that you're not the beneficiary of that, well, I suggest that further examination of your own life is required. And verse 9 goes on with these wonderful words, Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Another day Another opportunity for us to become more and more Christ-like. Another opportunity for us to shine the gospel light. In all the voices regarding what's going on in the Middle East, I really appreciated Dr. Hartman, someone who I've met personally in Israel, and Dr. Hartman is a Jew. But the first thing he said in his prayer points is, pray for people on both sides. He is a Jew, but he is a Christian and his love not doesn't just extend to the Israeli people, but like the God that he serves, he wishes that all men might be saved. The question is, are you happy during this time of delay or are your weaknesses very much on display? It is the wonderful attributes of God that we enjoy daily. That is the reason we are still here more time, more opportunity. Let's use this time for the glory of God. Looking and hasting regarding the present world and embracing the new world. Well, looking might be be, uh, and hasting that word is one that we don't use. We can say hastening as well it's the same thing but it remains to be seen what are we looking at and what are we moving towards as far as our lifestyle is concerned I preach about Abraham and Lot recently and it comes to what we are looking at what better example two men to save men we read that in the Bible but with very different lifestyles simply because they are looking at very different things. The whole decision that Lot made that basically doomed the spiritual condition of his family where he pitched his tent towards Sodom, that was about him looking at the things of the world and prioritising his own comfort and benefit and material things above the things of God. The things that we might say of the world to come, when this world and everything in it dissolves away. A, a tremendous verse in Second Corinthians 4.18 that reminds us that everything that we can see is temporary, and everything that we can't see, the things of eternity of course, are invisible to our physical eyes, but we need to see them by faith. We need to be mindful of them even now because that kind of perspective is the difference between a life that Lot lived and the life that Abraham lived, where he was willing to leave it all behind, everything he knew, going to a place that he had never seen before, but all he knew that, the builder and author of that city was God, and that's all he needed to know. But the question is, what are you looking at, and what are you hastening towards? Because if you are not a person of, this, of the word, it might be that rather toward, hastening towards, verse 10, the coming of the day of God, well, you're just standing still. That's possible even for someone that's here this morning. Or if you are, like Lot, a safe person with entirely worldly priorities and goals, it might be that you are actually hastening away from the coming of the day of God. And of course, we do read in First John, the warning is given by him, so we assume that there are some that will fall on under this condemnation, let us not be ashamed at his coming. In this church epoch, in this later Laodicean time, I'm very, very comfortable without fear of much contradiction to show that, that there will be many who will be ashamed at his coming. What are you looking at? In all honesty, what are you looking at? What in your life are you hastening to? towards developing diligence developing diligence we've already looked at point a to some extent in the fact that we need to respond appropriately to god's long suffering let's have a look at verses 14 and 15 wherefore beloved seeing that ye look for such things be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless and account that the long suffering of our lord is salvation we respond positively to god's long suffering in the time that he has given us so graciously that we work on being found of him in peace without spot and blameless in other words sanctification and we are meant to proclaim to the world that the long suffering of our lord is salvation Good news, unsaved brother, unsaved sister, whoever is here this morning, there is still time. And for anyone that comes even this morning, the Lord Jesus Christ, because of what he has done in the cross, he will abundantly pardon even today. The long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Will you be saved even today? And fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord, those that are saved will you proclaim both in your conversation in your lifestyle and by your word of mouth the salvation of the lord develop in your life for his glory a right response to god's long suffering and also a right response to error now second peter chapter 2 which we didn't read is all about identifying false teachers it's a major theme in second peter so if you're in doubt on what a, a false teacher looks like, you can always go one chapter back. But once again, all these false teachers that seem to surround us at time and get all the TV time and all the YouTube time is just a fulfillment of prophecy. But when we hear so many voices in times like this, doesn't shouldn't that simply ask us to respond in the right way which is to be people of the word ourselves I am just a member of the body okay I'm just a forklift driver I'm not I don't th- I, I trust that you don't think this is this experience is like you go up in the car and you pull up next to the spiritual Bowser and I fill you up. And you say thanks very much and off you go again, and you repeat the process next week. Be people of the word. Because there are is error, there are false teachers, as is prophesied. And the right response to error is to be earnest students of the truth. A few weeks ago, Mrs. Mathis was here, and a lot of people here have a lot of reasons to love Mrs. Mathis because a lot of people were saved in her class. The reason I like Mrs. Mathis is because her, like me, always enrolled in college. You've heard of the de- uh, the term mature age student. You want to know what it, that looks like? Right here. Still haven't, haven't graduated. I've crammed a uh, five-year course into 30 years of study. But uh, I used to sit next to Mrs. Mathis and Mrs. Mathis would come with... Roy and poor Roy because of his condition. He struggled with the Bible verses. He learnt them all in the car park and forgot them in the exam room. But uh, yeah, myself and Mrs. Mathers side by side until we got moved for causing trouble. Was that you, Pastor Matthews? What, what, What a party pooper. But the reason behind our behaviour is simply because we were having the time of our life. And even though we might not be as adroit in our minds as younger people at least you see that we were actively seeking to make a right response to error i was filled with error when i came here to condol bible church and i'm so grateful for the teachers here but i'm so grateful for the word of god but whether we love the word of god or not really depends on our response to it A right recipe for spiritual growth. the right recipe for sanctification. And we see this in verse 18. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Now, Peter himself explains what he means by grace because he talks about various spiritual um, attributes in verses 5 to 7 of chapter 1. Add to your uh, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. That's what he means by grace. And once again, for most of us, no surprises here. But he links it to the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. In other words if you are following a virtual stranger to you from week to week, someone who you never commune with through prayer or through diligent personal Bible study, you're following a stranger. And don't tell me that that doesn't affect you because the way that a false teacher is eventually identified by thy works, you shall know them. They might look like being good people and safe people and godly people for a while, but the Jimmy Swaggarts and the Jimmy Bakers and I could go on and on of this world, get caught because their lives are not gracious lives. The fact is that in our lives, right belief and doctrine and right practice, they go together. And like the old song says about love and marriage, you cannot have one without the other. Perhaps you can continue on for a little while, but just like every hypocrite in the past, the mask will slip and you will be called out. Can I urge you in this present time, this time of danger and opportunity, can you join with me and join with the body to seek after the glory both now and forever forever? Of the Lord Jesus Christ. May you grow in grace, may you grow in knowledge, may you leave this, pe- this place as people of the word, people of prayer and people earnestly seeking not to follow a stranger but to become more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. May you be able to sing with all confidence and peace of mind this morning, I will hasten to him Hasten so glad and free, Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. Thank you, Paul.